Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to a special President's Day weekend of the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by Bet Online. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we have a third wheel on the pod today. Yes, we're bringing back one of the original uh, Full Slate contributors, Ethan Greenberg. How you doing, Ethan? It's good to be back, guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, this is, uh, it's been a big day today uh, between... We just we wanted to have Ethan on. He's uh he's our resident Yankee diehard fan. Uh, besides Grandpa Billy, who's kind of uh, Yankees and or Mets, depending on which way the wind's blowing. But we needed Ethan on. The Astros news has hit him hard, um, so we wanted to invite him on to discuss that. Plus, uh, we'll get to kind of IU a bit later. Um, but we purposely we're recording Sunday night. It's five twenty-two Eastern time. Tyler, four twenty-two your time. Um, if people. People need to remember that. But uh, Rob Manfred just finished his press conference. Um, Tyler, you said you were a little bored by it. I'll kick it to you first then. Um, uh, why, <laughs> why, why, <laughs> what, what, what did you think was boring about it? Because it looked like when you tweeted that he looked constipated. I felt that way as well. He was sweating a lot. Um, I'll, I'll just kick it to you, for, you first. What were your general thoughts on that? 
the the beginning of it i thought was boring it just i felt like the questions were just stuff people have been talking about like expected answers stuff like that so the beginning i thought was pretty boring and then towards the end that started to pick up i don't know i forget there's a question towards the end is someone i think from espn um i'm completely blanking what the question was but i was like it, it, oh when they asked about he said in a perfect world we would suspend the players and they just asked him to elaborate on that i thought that was a good question because his quotes make no sense this whole thing has made no sense and as i pointed out on twitter he looked constipated he <laughs> definitely just hasn't he hasn't been sleeping he's been so stressed out by this just so tired of dealing with it so i feel bad for him and i I know, Ethan, you probably hate Rob Manfred right now, but I will give you this little factoid before I let you go. He was a fan of the Yankees growing up, so you guys have something in common. That's good <laughs> research, Tyler. That's a very good uh, deep down Wikipedia. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought the press conference was really interesting. I, I, I liked your point. The question about um, he did want, it did seem like he genuinely wanted the players to have more of a punishment. It did contradict his earlier statement that the players had been punished enough. Um, which I thought, you know, those are contradictory statements. Um, one of the pieces that I, the questions that was really interesting was from Jared Diamond of the Wall Street Journal, who broke that story earlier this week about code breakers. And that really seemed to tick uh, Manfred off um, about the entire process of how he got that email. And um, I, I just thought that he he came off as, as as someone who was just desperate to get this over with as fast as possible, which I, I do understand that perspective. But the facts are more important, and, and I, don't, I don't necessarily think we got all the facts today. No, I mean, he even hinted at the fact it was within the first, like, probably 15, 10 to 15 minutes of the press conference. Someone asked a question about the Astros, and he kind of makes, like, a side comment being, like, as much fun as this is, like, okay, I guess we'll, like, keep talking about it. Like, you have to have a little bit of self-awareness here. This is the biggest scandal since steroids, and it just, like, the way MLB has handled it, of course people have a ton of questions about it. It's been a total PR nightmare <laughs> by, by A, him, the entire league, but more, like, the Astros, the way Jim Crane, uh, I want to talk about the Astros press conference as well since that kind of, like, set off a weekend of just electric uh, quotes from all around the league. Jim Crane says that the basically in 2017, it didn't impact the game, the entire uh, cheating scandal. Bregman got up there, and so did Altuve. And Bregman legitimately looked like he was... I mean, before this whole scandal broke, like the last couple of years, Bregman's been like a huge up and comer, right? He's really made a name for himself and kind of been outspoken, brash guy on Twitter, uh, like trying to be one of the faces of baseball. And then he gets up there and he it was basically like he was a robot reading from a teleprompter. Like there wasn't the slightest bit of uh, seeming remorse in him. Altuve. I'll give him a little credit because I thought his press conference, I thought he came across better than Bregman, which isn't saying much. But um, I don't know. What did you guys think about that press conference? Because that and then we'll kind of get into the different player reactions around the league. Uh, Tyler, I'll kick it over to you first. Yeah, I want to get into something, uh, Manfred. The question I brought up, how the players haven't been punished because they told the truth and that granted them immunity. Usually when you're you, you know, in this situation, you're getting immunity for confessing something. It's to like catch like a bigger entity. So in like the end of the movie American Gangster, when Denzel is like working with um, 
I forget the what what actor is Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> He's working with him to catch all these other you know corrupt cops and villains and stuff like that to you know put more people away. In this instance, they're granting immunity to the Astros players. The Astros players were the ones doing this. There's no like greater person to capture. They fired AJ Hinch. They fired the GM, and I mean they were negligent in it, but they weren't the ones kind of um, pushing this pushing them to do it or anything they were just kind of in this or just bystander so the fact they got immunity for telling the truth just makes no sense they're the ones who should be getting in trouble there's no one else so i don't understand that and then going to the houston astros press conference the other day i mean jim crane's a billionaire he's obviously very successful just i don't understand they they spend extra time to prepare for this they hired a pr firm to help them with this <laughs> what what was discussed during those conversations because the questions that were asked weren't like super complex you had to know they're coming so it makes no sense and alex bregman who's been outspoken kind of against you know how most baseball players are pretty conservative like a mike trout bregman has a youtube channel i see hasn't posted anything lately he never stops talking and now when this has came out he's been muted so that's why people are so angry about it because these guys and verlander too been very outspoken about the rules and stuff about the game and now this breaks and you know, they're not talking. They're, Verlander made a joke about it. Like, Ethan, that must have enraged you as a Yankee. Oh, <laughs> and the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is the Yankee, Yankees are like the, the victims in this, which is wild. The Yankees and Dodgers, which leaves us being like, damn, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, Go ahead, Ethan. Yeah, I was just – that press conference was an absolute disaster in terms of PR stuff, like you said. Um his his comment about that he doesn't think that the the um, sign stealing had any impact on the game. Um, it the whole thing felt like they were apologizing not because they were actually sorry, but because they were sorry they got caught. Um, and and that's what happened here. I don't I don't think anything has shown me to make me think that they're not going to continue to cheat if they've found a system that works in 2019 that didn't get caught. Um, I. I I think you brought it, you hit the nail on the head. Bregman and Verlander are two of the most outspoken players in the game. Verlander loves complaining when teams try against him. And, and he sat there and listened to the banging for a whole year, and he didn't say a word. Um, so, so I think kind of that whole process. And then his joke at the MLB Awards dinner, you made me sick. Made was, me sick. <laughs> <laughs> the, it, it, I don't it, even it, remember exactly what it was. It was in the Cy Young acceptance speech. He said something about... Um, knowing exactly what's coming, and then you heard the crowd. Oh, you just and Cece apparently was obviously not happy. <laughs> uh, and, go ahead, Tyler. And just one thing you said, Ethan. You know they're apologizing because they got caught, not because they're sorry. It reminds me of Incur Larry David, the empty gesture, just offering to help someone when you really don't want to. Right. Like their apologies just feel so hollow, and like they don't care. The only person who had a good press conference day was the first day of Carlos Correa. He seemed authentic and genuinely apologetic, and then he started to go into this tattoo. Oh, let's, let's let's get into that. <laughs> Ken Rosenthal, this so, seven-minute interview <laughs> that is just pure gold. Per, so right, so uh, so Cody Bellinger lashes out, um, really takes it to Altuve and the Astros, um, and, and Carlos <laughs> Correa says says that um, besides the fact that Altuve's wife is shy, that he didn't <laughs> take off his shirt after hitting a walk-off homer because he has a bad tattoo on his collarbone. And my only positive takeaway from this 
is that I hope Altuve is sitting on his couch wondering, do I really have to go get a bad tattoo on my <laughs> collarbone because this idiot just said that. And the internet was just on fire Total. as soon as that happened because you get the posts of Altuve on the beach with the shirt off, <laughs> no tattoo. The wife is totally thrown under the bus here that like, yeah, she's the reason why. And he said that in the interview. But again, back to Cody Bellinger's point, like you hit a walk off to go to the World Series at <laughs> home off off Araldish Chapman, one of the best closers in baseball. You beat the Yankees. Basically, I mean, Astros-Yankees have had this little rivalry, as Ethan knows well. This is um, really pumping it in Ethan's yeah. face, making him remember this. Right. I know. It's tough tough to do that. Um, and you're rounding third to come home. Like, you imagine that would literally be the last thing on your mind related <laughs> to the buzzer. And Manfred, again, he spoke about it. He had the interview with Carl Ravitch. The Major League Baseball, like, I, I just... When it comes to finding a good PR company, they have to be interviewing for a new one, right? Because it just seems like they don't get it. They ask about, would it matter if they vacated the 2017 World Series? And you know what? Like, I'm typically anti that when it comes to college sports, depending on it. Like, I don't know. Does it really matter after the fact? But when it's been this ridiculous and you didn't punish the players at all, a $5 million fine, like... Just throw it on the Astros tab. Like that's not that crazy of a of a punishment. And I like forgot what the punishment was when we were talking about what we wanted to talk about today. I was reading. I was like, what was the punishment? Because it was so insignificant. And you know, Louisville got their title stripped in 2013 for the best Good. basketball Good. team. Good. Yeah. Shout out Adam. Um, but like <laughs> that had nothing to do with the games that were played. It was a recruiting scandal. Uh, everyone knows what happened there. Like it didn't have to do with them cheating during the game, you know. So that doesn't make as much sense as now. This directly right. impacted the game and Cray's video. You know, I kind of like respect how just absurd their takes are at this point and how steadfast they are and like defending themselves and the tattoo, the wife. It's so outrageous. I kind of love it. Um, he's like talking to Ken Rosenthal about like certain plays, how they couldn't have been cheating, guys on second, so forth. Um, where was I go? Oh, every, everything <laughs> adds up. Like you might not have been cheating on that one play, but maybe they were stealing signs on a previous play. You know, it all adds up. It's not these certain instances. Everything plays a factor. So if they hadn't been doing it all year, maybe, um, you know, they don't even win the division. You don't know what happened. So it all adds up. You can't just point to certain instances and say, oh, well, this happened. They made an error here. That scored a run. It mm-hmm. all adds up. It all affects the game. Pitch count, the way Dave Roberts is managing the team. And if I was the Dodgers, I would be outraged and feel like you got cheated out of it. Um, Bellinger might not know all the facts, like Correa said, but also, like, if that was the then Astros tell us all the Dodgers, facts. they would do it. Yeah. Yeah, the the fact I thought Ken Rosenthal did a great job, like, of like basically pressing Kraya when he said that it was only 2017, and Kraya was just like, or Ken Rosenthal was like, no, it's in the report that you did it 2018, and then he goes, oh, that was the code breakers, higher level stuff, like, and th- at the end of the day, it is crazy that these guys are about to start playing spring training games in like the next week. Um, and Tyler, I'll give you credit here. I've gotten some flack on Twitter recently, stealing your takes. Am I triggered by it? Maybe. You have. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um. I'll give you credit. When we first talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you said it's kind of a good thing for baseball because people care. Getting all the chatter with Chris 
or Cody Bellinger talking, Chris Bryant talking. Uh, I saw you, Darvish, said something earlier today. <laughs> Trevor Bauer. He is so funny, Darvish Tre- on Twitter. Tre- Trevor Bauer has been outspoken as expected, but like. It's must-see TV now. The Astros are absolutely must-see TV. Ethan, I imagine as a Yankees fan, you already have circled all the times the Astros are coming to New York. Yeah, I'm a little upset. The, the Astros don't come to the Yankees this year until the end of September, which is uh, uh, way too sucks. late in the season to, to get a little bit of justice. But um, I just – the whole thing – we've said it a million times. The whole thing is just totally absurd. It impacted the game. Um the Astros, right. You said they might not have been doing it every at bat every game, but they had home field advantage and they they rocked Chris Sale in the playoffs and they won all four of their games at home in the ALCS against the Yankees and they shelled you Darvish twice. They cost people jobs. They cost people money. They changed the outcome of the sport forever. And essentially, the team was minimally punished um, except for public opinion. That was that the worst punishment this team received is a public opinion backlash. Right, um, yeah. which is what Manfred said as part of the punishment for the players, the shame. Right, and and, like, and so that's why I think it's almost important. Well, he's essentially hired all of us to never let the Astros forget that they cheated. I also would appreciate <laughs> if someone on the Astros would say the word cheated. No one has said the word cheated yet, and like just some basic semblance of what you did was cheating um, that, would be think, uh, appreciated. I, I think that's the only proof that the PR company they're paying has actually doing done a something. good job. Yeah. Imagine for like committing but, uh, crimes. I just, I, I'm, I'm the whole situation. Yeah. The whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> go, go Ethan. It's just, uh, it's, get it off your chest. Get off your chest. I, the, game, the title should be vacated. Game seven hit you hard last year. The whole, the whole thing, the game six, Altuve, the, he knew what pitch was coming. You don't sit back on Araldis Chapman sliders no matter how bad it is like that because he could throw 101. He knew what pitch was coming, and then he wouldn't let them rip their shirt off because that's the most important thing after you hit an AL clinching walk-off homer. And then I, go immediately in the dugout to change shirts. I have a quick question, Ethan. Uh, yeah. Have you ever gotten a bad tattoo before? I have not. Okay, um, so you might not be able luckily, to relate. Yeah, you might not be able to relate. <laughs> I might. I might not be able to relate. Did you see something that was going around on Twitter today? He wore a, a T-shirt underneath his jersey that entire game and then changed right Take before the bottom of the ninth Yeah. and took yeah. off his shirt. Mm-hmm. That's I just don't – everything is just suspicious and weird. Everything. You can't trust what they are saying is the truth. Imagine uh, for, like, committing crimes – instead of like going to jail and paying that way it's just public ridicule like that's not how things work in society you have to actually you have to actually punish the players it makes no sense have you guys checked out this website sign stealing scandal.com it's it's amazing it's so in depth it's really well done i would recommend uh anyone to check it out but Going back to what you mentioned, Cody, I appreciate you owning up to you stealing my takes on Twitter. Takes I, 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 I didn't I didn't own up to it, to be clear. Um, <laughs> I was, okay, I, I was I mean, giving you credit okay. for getting ahead of this take. I mean, mm-hmm. you have been, but it's okay. You'll get there one day, Chad. There, there is a um, significant amount of evidence that Cody's stealing your takes. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but like I said, I thought this would be... 
I thought this would be good for baseball in the sense that people are talking about it. It's January, February. People are talking about it. Going, you know, prior to all this breaking, like the Giants are going to be terrible this year. I wasn't super enthused about the baseball season, but now I'm super excited. I was checking the Cubs schedule to see if they played the Astros. The White Sox obviously play them later in the year, but like this is exciting. People are talking about it and it's going to be great to see how it plays out. Like, what do you guys think would be better? Um, like, I know, Ethan, what you're rooting for, you hope they're terrible, but like if they started out on fire and kind of like an FU tour or if they start out like horrible and people are just kind of piling on, like what do you, what are you kind of uh, rooting do you, for? Do you think they're not going to cheat this year? Do you have I, any evidence to believe that they're going to stop doing what they did in 2019? Yeah, it would be quite it would be quite ballsy. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to cheat, but Why? To answer your... because they, they know that all they have to do is tell the truth to not get punished later on. Their championship well, now, maintained, now they receive no punishment. Nah. Uh to answer your question, Tyler, uh I think I want one of two things to happen here. One, they make the World Series and play the Dodgers. I think that would be unbelievable uh drama. Or two, they get off out of the gate and like Altuve and Bregman are just start the season like two for 40 and like it's clearly wearing on them. Um, and let's actually that's that's a little bit of a good segue here, Tyler, since this is a sports betting podcast. Let's talk a little bit about so their wins over unders somewhere between 94 and a half to 96 and a half, depending on the book. Uh, we're going off the lines here for bet online in terms of the AL West. I mean, they are still the heavy favorite um, in the AOS. I'm pulling this up now. They're minus 250 to win the division. The A's are plus 450. Angels plus 650. Rangers 14-1. Mariners 101. That stuff. Uh, Ethan, I'll kick it to you. Like, I I think there's a lot of value in some of these uh, other teams in the division. Ethan. Sorry, I lost you there for a second. So, uh, what are your thoughts on on the odds in the AL West here, the futures? Yeah, so the odds are really interesting. I I still think the Astros are going to be a really good team. Um, Their pitching staff wasn't impacted positively by the banging necessarily. I I think Verlander is still going to be good. They're getting Lance McCullers back, so they're still going to be a good team. But the the betting team, the the team that I would sprinkle a little money on is actually the Texas Rangers at plus 1,400. they added Corey Kluber for only money, so they have a rotation that includes Kluber, Minor, Lance Lynn. They got Kyle Gibson, so that's a pretty strong starting rotation. Joey Gallo is 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 at this point a, a star. Um, they have a, a good young. They got some good young players in that lineup and are at fourteen to one. Actually, pretty uh, pretty good pretty good team to take the odds on. They added Todd Frazier in the offseason. Um, they got young outfielders, Danny Santana, Willie Calhoun. Like we talked about Joey Gallo. Um, just a, a pretty rock-solid team with uh, low expectations. Mm-hmm. Tyler, where, uh, where would you like to sprinkle some money? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think the Astros are going to end up winning the AL West. And the crazy thing is they didn't need to really do this whole thing because they are such a talented team. I mean, I guess we'll see. Maybe they were yeah, that we'll affected see. by it. Um, but... I agree with Ethan. If you're going to pick one of these uh, teams, I, I like the Rangers at 14 to 1. The A's are just always weirdly good, even though no one can name any of their players usually. The Angels are interesting at uh, plus 650 with Joe Madden coming in. We'll see if he's able to kind of turn around that team. They've just been middling, you know, kind of average. 
pretty bad for a while. They have Trout. They brought in Rendon. So we'll see if they're able to turn around. I hate their rotation. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Can you um, name anyone in it? Uh, I can name Andrew Heaney, Julio Teron, Dylan Bundy. I'm, I'm looking at it on ESPN. But uh, John, John Lackey? Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's pretty terrible, so I'm not. I'm not like. I think it would just make more sense to take the Rangers at fourteen to one. I don't think the Angels are going to be very good. They'll put up some runs, but at the end of the day, I still think the Astros are going to win. I think they're going to be pretty pissed off. Um, honestly, how this has all gone on in a crazy way. So I like them, and I think Dusty Baker is a good manager to be for that team. Mm-hmm. Kind of veteran presence, and also he was with the Giants during a lot of the Bond stuff going on. So he has experience kind of dealing with uh, being a villain or having someone like that. Um, so I, th- I think the Astros are still the team to beat. Are the ambulance sirens, is that by you, Ethan, or are you, Tyler? Yeah, it's me. Sorry. Uh-oh. You, you safe over there? I Everything is okay, okay in, good. in this apartment. <laughs> good, good. Uh, my pick for the AL West, I'd like to sprinkle some money on the A's. I'm not sure why they're still plus 450. I know the Astros have been great, but these have won 97 games the past two years. Uh, so if the Astros slide a little bit, I don't know. I think that's pretty good value for a team that will they do anything in the playoffs? I don't know, but 97 wins past two seasons. Uh, I like that. Um so let's let's take a quick break here, and then on the other side, we will vent about some IU basketball. We're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day are right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part, when you sign up, you receive 50% welcome bonus. The Wilder Fury rematch goes down this Saturday night. We can't think of a better way to wager on that fight than doing it with actual free money. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to revive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy, and if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up, at betonline.ag, betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and before we go into IUBB talk, I wanted to uh, give out a quick Sunday scariest moment, and it's for the rest of the NFL. Jameis Winston got LASIK surgery this week, so <laughs> now that his vision is 2020, beautiful, no more 30-30 seasons for him. The only thing that's coming is Super Bowl rings, so that's my Sunday scariest moment for the rest of the NFL because I think Jameis is... And the biggest detractor of Jameis is Bruce Arians, his own coach. He continues just to shit on him. He said this week... Uh, the main priority is re-signing players on their defense. And he said, I don't care who's my quarterback. We've got to have defense. So he continues to just crap on Jameis. He didn't really care about the LASIK. So that's my Sunday scariest moment. Just wanted to get your guys' quick takes on that. No, that was good. I think uh, the 49ers window has officially shut now that Jameis can actually see. It's over for the rest of the NFL. Um, I'm with you guys 100%. I, I think everyone's in serious, serious trouble. Um, why why did we pick Daniel Jones now when he's not going to win a Super Bowl because Jameis will have the next five? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's about to take over. He's a free agent, and they there's a rumor that the uh, Raiders were going to offer Brady a two-year, $60 million contract. My hope is the Raiders 
either sign Brady or Jameis. I think that would be electric for their first season in Las Vegas. But let's move on to IU basketball. Just another expected loss. Um, I tweeted that I I thought they were going to win today. Um, I was trying to just speak it into existence. That wasn't the case. They lost 89-65 to 65 at Ann Arbor, Michigan. They continue to struggle on the road. They're 1-6 this year on the road. And I looked it up since I start, since my freshman year at IU, 2013-14. They're 20-48 on the road overall. So it's abysmal. It's the same thing we expect. They come off a good win on Thursday versus Iowa at home, and they drop a dud here. Ethan, I'll let you start first. Um, you've been out on Archie the longest out of all of us. I joined last week. Cody joined today. So what's just kind of your barometer for the team right now? Yeah, uh, well, I think they're terrible, um, and that's and that's really the nice way of putting it. Um, we 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 are a poorly coached, lackly, lackluster, talented team, and that's not going to produce a, a lot of great wins, especially on the road. Um, we don't have any three point shooting, and we play terrible perimeter defense. Um, our whole big concept is to get the ball down low and get fouled a lot, but we really haven't been getting fouled in the last five to ten games. Um, it's I've been out on uh, Archie since the 12-game losing streak last year. I said, with that team, if you can't find one win in 12 games, it's it's not it's never going to be as good as you want it, and it's time to cut the cord. Um, I don't think he should be back next season. I mean, if missing this team isn't going to make the tournament. We have three road games in our next four, and then the home game is against a really good Penn State team. Um, we're we're at 12th in the Big Ten standings. Uh, I'm I'm out on Archie. This team just isn't. It's not very good, and they are really not fun to watch play basketball. Yeah, today officially, I told you guys, Marks, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm out. Um, I tried giving the benefit of the doubt. I was very excited by the hire. The first year, I said, okay, he's not starting with much, picking up Crean's mess, fine. Last year it was brutal. Um, however, there was still like – seemed like X's and O's wise. Sometimes we're on the right track this year. I was very bullish more so than most, uh, to my detriment. Uh, the, the thing with the thing that really drives me crazy, Ethan, you touched on it a little bit. The, the predominant, um, goal of our offense seems to be getting the ball down low to big guys. And if they're good, like if someone's good, like trace, which he, he never sees the ball. He's two for three today. He's, he's, he's the best player on our team. Joey Brunk had Joey 10 Br- shots. Jo- Joey Brunk was three for 10. It seems like our, the offensive game plan going in is like, get the ball down low to guys. They'll take a couple dribbles and then they'll force up a shot and maybe they'll make it like Deron Davis played great today. Um, but maybe they won't. And I was looking at uh, Dustin Dobrak. He's like the IU reporter that works for the athletic. And he was kind of tweeting out Archie's uh, post game quotes and they drive me f- insane. He says, uh, he said, Miller saying Jackson Davis flatly wasn't aggressive enough. Today wasn't his best day. We have to find a way to bring Trace with us on the road. Are you kidding? Like, he's 18 years old. It's your job to set him up for success. I think he's maybe like, doesn't innately have the personality that he's going to like kind of pull Finnessy aside and be like, get me the ball or like do that. I don't think that's in him at this point in his career. So you have to set him up. Like why is Joey Brunk getting the ball? Um, 
it's the same issues. We can't guard the three. Michigan was nine for 17 from three. We can't shoot the three unless Devontae's going off at home. We were three for 12. We still can't hit foul shots. It's Indiana University, like, we're known for being this great, like, shooting program with Crean. We shot lights out at least. At least that team is fun to watch as much as Tyler and I are anti-Crean guys and, like, the way with that team never made a Final Four will always drive me crazy. Uh, but, like, what is the identity of Archie Miller coach teams? Dayton is amazing this year. They're going to be playing late into the tournament. And we're going to be home on, like, we're going to enter the Big Ten tournament. It's going to be the same thing as what happened uh, last year, where, like, mm-hmm. maybe we win a one or two games. We're going to lose in the first round probably Ohio State again. And that'll <laughs> be that. Um and does Archie Miller like? Does he like anyone? He's he always looks so pissed, and this team like doesn't seem to be motivated or care. And uh, yeah, I'm officially out. I feel a lot better getting that off my chest, though. Um, yeah, it's, it sounded it sounded like you had that pent up. Maybe you wrote down that whole rant. So that was good. If you told me Deron Davis scored 18 points, <laughs> nine and nine from the field, I would thought we won by 35. He played great. Um, and something you touched on, and it's a good point, there's no identity for this team. Crean, those teams, they played fast. They shot a lot of threes, up and down pace. There's nothing this team does really above average. They're terrible on defense. I don't know what the stats were today. Michigan scored 48 points in the second half. I swear they shot like 80%. It was either they made a shot or they got fouled. They, it was unreal. We couldn't stop them. And it's going to be the same position as last year. We're going to have to win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament, and maybe we get in and... It's just pathetic. It's not getting better. And they made a point on the broadcast that Archie said he thought it was like very important that the team needed to like come out with energy for this game following up the last game. It's like, how, why does it have to be such a point to like play hard and play excited to win a second game in a row? That shouldn't like have to be such a point. And people always make this comment, and I, I sent it to you guys earlier. Ethan, I don't know if you thought I was kidding or not. I was like, these players don't know what it means to play for Indiana. And people always say that on Twitter, and I get there's like the historic program. But like any team you play on in any sport, you should be playing hard. Like that should be a given. It shouldn't be because we're Indiana. You play hard. You're playing college basketball. You get to go to college for free, and it sets you up with all these great opportunities. Like you should just be playing hard because you're playing on the team. Like people go to like Temple or Boise State. It, like you should just play hard. So like the fact that it has to be brought up, oh, because this is Indiana. It's like Indiana has gone past the Sweet 16 one time in the last 20 years. They're not the same program they used to be. They're not on the level of Duke, Kentucky, Kansas. So stop holding it to such a higher standard because they've sucked for most part of the last decade. Wow. Um, yeah, I think I, it, it's an absolute disaster where we're at. Al and Deron Davis were 15 of 19 from the field today combined. Everyone else was 13 for 42. The Devonte Green drop off was as predictable as anything. Um, and I don't know, Ethan, I'm curious to hear this from you, but like since I was a freshman in college, it's yikes. It's a decade. Um, it, this has been the least, my least favorite team. Uh, last year was brutal. Uh, Noah Vonley's year was hard to watch Crean's last year sucked but this is this is the worst team I can remember this this is by far the worst team um to watch at least and and they're better than the the teams that Crean had in my freshman and sophomore year and even my senior high school when Tom Pritchard was winning big 10 freshman of the year awards but at least they were 
you know, you knew that he was starting from scratch. They were building something. You could, like, feel it. But this is just – there's no positive player development in any direction. Every player we thought last year when we were like, okay, maybe Rob takes the step up and becomes that standout point guard. Al takes a step up. Um, and players get better. And, and over Archie Miller's tenure, we have yet to see any definitive proof that, that our players will develop positively and, and become next step le- level up players. Um, and, and that's something you saw a ton under Crean, right? Like he was the master at making three star recruits into a thousand point scores in Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. Jawan Morgan, OG, Will Sheehy, Victor Oladipo, Jordan Holes, just to name a few. And so like, there's none of that vibe with this team. Uh, there's, is very little positives to take from, uh, how they play. Um, yeah, I just keep staring at Joey Brunk, 16 minutes, three for 10, six points, one rebound, <laughs> and I just want to die. Like, I can't, I can't take that. Like, and, it's just an unacceptable stat line. <laughs> and to start the second half, as Cody mentioned, Trace has only shot the ball three times. You'd think coming out of the half, they're like, let's get Trace a couple touches, get him going. No, I think Brunk shot the ball three straight times, so it makes mm-hmm. no sense. And something that was such an apparent issue today, and it probably has been in other games, when Michigan was doing pick and rolls, if it was Bronk or Deron, Deron Davis, who can't move, you're having him help versus Michigan's guards who are like, okay, they're not elite like Cassius Winston or someone else. So there's no reason to have the big man help just play normal. You have him hedge, and then the big man was just rolling to the basket <laughs> wide open, wide time open. after time for dunks, or they're kicking out for threes and hitting wide open shots. It's like if people at home are seeing this, how does an Archie and that coaching staff make that adjustment? It's embarrassing. So they got lucky today. Minnesota lost, and that's another bubble team. They play them coming up, I believe. So yeah, that'll be a big game. Though. But Ethan, you're right. I mean, they have four of their next five games, I think, are on the road, and they're all versus yeah, good teams. And Penn State at home isn't you know an easy win. So they're going to have to get something together. But just from the proof we've seen all year and the past years, they don't show up on the road, and it's embarrassing. The thing I want to talk about with this team, uh, in past years under Crane, we like always had a guy that could be a knockdown shooter. Early, it was Jordan Holes. Then it was Zeisloff the year with Yogi. And even guys like Rob Johnson, Yogi, obviously, were knockdown shooters. This team, we don't really have that at all, except when Devontae's going off. But I still think, Archie, you have to look at the team and be like, okay, how can we make the most of these parts? And like, I don't think Archie's ever watched an NBA game like, we should maybe go small here. <laughs> Trace Trace is a great rim protector. Like, he can be the five, and that can be fine. Uh, I tweeted out, like, why aren't we rolling with a lineup of Finnessy, Devontae Green? Because he's better off the ball. Um, Jerome Hunter, who's emerged as, like, a nice nice player, uh, who's out all last year. Justin Smith has had moments where he's actually looked a lot better this year and other moments where it's a disaster. And then Trace at the five. Why don't we roll with that? And then you have Duran come in, and Joey Brunk is a nice energy player that should not, like, he would be fine if he just, like, hustled and grabbed rebounds. Like, I don't necessarily think it's his fault, uh, like, why does he get the ball every time he posts up, but Trace doesn't? Um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they need to go small as a way to space the floor and create better shot opportunities for people. Because now when you have Trace and Joey Brunk or Trace and Race Thompson who tries to shoot but can't really shoot, like, the, it's you got to maximize the spacing here. Um, 
that's but with no shooters the spacing doesn't necessarily help us so much i think one of the biggest negatives against um archie is that last year we had two really talented players in in Jawan and romeo and everyone kept saying this team just like there's no shooters this team doesn't have a shooter we spent a whole year talking about it and then he went out and got a whole recruiting class and didn't get a single shooter and and (laughs) i mean what what was happening we, we I, go get a transfer. Well, go get a, a freshman who can just spot up and shoot. There, there's got to be a couple other Nick Zeislofs running around well, the country that could have yeah. played for Indiana. I mean, Dame Damesy was supposed to be that guy uh, that when he was coming in, but like the, I agree the shooting talent is not there, but also there is no spacing on this. Like, how many possessions do we watch where it's just the forced post up? Or it's like Al Durham dribbling around with like yeah. three seconds left in the shot clock because there's no there's nowhere to go there's no spacing and it yeah. feels like they're playing pickup basketball like there's no I don't have we ran a, a real play that wasn't just a post up and cut yeah it doesn't seem like there's any chemistry on the team there's a defensive breakdown early in the game I think it was Jerome Hunter and Dron Davis and it was like it's the 25th game of the season how is that still happening and we have so many guys who are just like huge negatives on one side of the ball like justin smith is a good defender but he can't really do much on offense um deron davis can score in the post but he can't play any defense so we just don't have any of that i agree with you cody i've been saying it all year they need to play with more perimeter guys out there space the court and the talent the shooting talent isn't there but it'll just give more space for trace in the paint and you know if he starts getting going they double team open threes like it you just have to try something different you can't keep trotting out these two big man lineups but let's move on from the iu talk um we've talked a lot about them i'm sure we'll continue to vent our frustrations let's wrap it up with our grandpa billy's bum of the week ethan a lot of pressure on you um i'll, <laughs> I'll let you go first you are the oldest one on the podcast so i'll, I'll let you go first that was nice um, well my grandpa billy's bum of the week we we touched on it a little bit but it's the astros pr <clears throat> team what an absolute disaster that press conference was the other day. They had months to prepare and knew what every question was coming, and every single one had the wrong answer. Um, the entire process um, has been has been it's going to get their players hit. Um, it's going to get people hurt because <laughs> players now feel that they need to take justice into their own hands. The entire everything it's been a whole debacle. Um, and, and, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better for them. And it all started, it's, it's been going on a while. Yeah, I think even to build on that, just PR firms all over the place kind of, kind of getting a bad look uh, by, by the way this whole thing is unraveled. It's kind of like, wait, so what, what have you done besides, uh, I guess, telling them not to use the word cheating? Because that's, that's really the only thing I've picked up on. Tough, tough look for whoever helped them or maybe they gave them great advice. And then once the cameras were rolling, they just kind of froze up. It was like Tom in succession when he, he's in front of Congress. He's on the... <laughs> yeah. So. It's it it too much for him to handle, but okay. Yeah. Ethan, that's a good one. A good first uh, grandpa Billy's bum of the week by you. Um, if we're going in age order here, I'll go next. My grandpa Billy's bum of the week is uh, Dwayne Wade. Uh, so last night was the NBA dunk contest. We talked about it last week. We gave, we, we kind of we gave out some picks for the three point shooting contest. I gave out Dame Willard. That was tough. Uh, he got he scratched. Um, but Dwayne Wade was one of the judges, uh, one of five, and. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. ultimately ended up winning the dunk contest. It kind of went into overtime. Incredibly entertaining, but 
Aaron Gordon, there's no way his last dunk should have been a 47. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. had a 48. Aaron Gordon dunked over Taco Fall, who's 7'5", and, like, cleared him somehow. Um, the fact he didn't get a 50 is a joke. But Dwayne Wade, he just retired a couple years. Like, he's still involved with the Heat. To kind of give a, a, a 9 there, um, I don't know. The whole thing's fishy. He played with Derek Jones Jr. Um, and he, I saw he posted on uh, Instagram kind of making a joke about not being the only judge that gave a nine, which is true. Um, but I thought that was a joke. So he's my Grandpa Billy's bum of the week because Aaron Gordon, tough go for him. He arguably should have won uh, versus Zach Levine in 2016, and he gets snubbed again. So, I mean, he's probably never going to do this thing again. Yeah, he. I mean, he said after he's not doing it again. Uh, that was my bum of the week. Just the judges in total, because the story like kind of got buried, which was weird that they agreed before the the final dunks that they were gonna make it a tie and send it into a third overtime. So it was just like that kind of got swept under the rug. But I agree with you. He dunked over Taco Fall, who's like such a funny character. Whenever he gets in Celtics games, people love it and it goes viral on Twitter. Like. He dunked over that guy. How wasn't that a 50? I didn't get it, um, but it was pretty exciting overall, the dunk contest. And then the three-point, you, you did say Dame was your pick, and he didn't end up participating, so it wasn't a loser. It just ends up kind of being a push, so you didn't lose. Um, I put money on Devin Booker, and I prematurely celebrated that win on Twitter. <laughs> um, only, only for Buddy Heald to end up hitting a dagger in my eye, but he, he was a... Uh, you know, he's a big Kobe guy, so I liked that he won. But, yeah, it was it was exciting. Um, Dwight Dwight was pretty terrible, I thought, though, in the dunk contest. Yeah, Dwight, Dwight's first dunk was pretty bad. It seemed like it was just crickets at the arena. I watched the YouTube the highlight this morning, and the announcers were like, ah, it seems like he's just warming up. Like, they, they didn't really know what to say. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I think in terms of betting-wise, like – Dunk contest kind of feels like something you shouldn't like this instance proves like, I don't know. It's kind of a dicey thing to bet on because it's so subjective. It's all in hands of the judges and Pat Connaughton's first one doing like the white man can jump. I thought that was a great dunk and he got, I think he got a 46, which I thought was pretty low, but Derek Jones Jr. was unreal. I mean, I don't think he was undeserving in winning, but I think if anything, it should have went to a third overtime or tiebreaker, but I think that's all we got for the Sunday Scaries podcast. Ethan, any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want people to make sure they don't forget that Blake Griffin won the dunk contest jumping over the short side of a car and that Aaron Gordon didn't win when he jumped over someone who was seven foot five. It's nonsense. Great point. If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. 
In fact, Policy Genius's award-winning service has a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today.